Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me and you got Raph's hand just to welcome everybody. Just the, the perfect timing there from the Espinosa just face palming everybody out there in YouTube world. But uh, how are you guys doing out there? I hope you guys are, are getting after it, that you're getting some clarity around goals, that you are working where you can to resolve any breakdowns that have been occurring in your life. Because yeah, these are the things that really hold us back. Um, I hope that these conversations are beneficial to you. We love hearing from you. Just love sending in any topics, question ideas that you'd like us to work through, stuff that's important to you. But uh, yeah, welcome welcome to another episode with us. How are you going there, Raf? I'm good, mate. I'm good, man. Uh, just hanging out in uh, Austin, Texas for a, a layover. Heading out in a couple hours. A couple pit stops before I get back to uh, the Pacific Northwest. So no complaints, man. It's, it's good. It's busy, but it's good. And are you having time to get out and see what makes Austin weird? Now, we got in kind of late last night, and some of the crew members did go out. I just was like, nah, I'd rather wake up, go to the gym, and and I knew I had to see you, see you next Tuesday. So I was like, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give up sleep. So yeah, so you got you basically ruined my night, is what I wanted to say. <laughs> and how about you, Mike? How you going, man? I'm doing pretty well. Good morning from the East Coast. Um, if I'm being honest. I kind of had a, I mean, I had a, a good productive week, but just being blatantly honest, I, I failed, uh, I failed twice this week. And, uh, the only thing I can do is really take ownership of it, which I think I did. One was a, uh, relationship slash communication issue that, uh, I worked through and then acknowledged my part in it and was able to work it out successfully. And, um, but it wouldn't happen unless I didn't own up to it. So I messed that up this week. And then another one was a leadership failure on, on, on my end. Uh, I hold myself uh, very high in accountability and um, yeah, I won't get into all of it, but I missed something as a leader when it came to a safety thing. And nobody got hurt or anything like that, but it was definitely something I should have looked at a little bit closer and I didn't. I felt a little bit uh, overconfident. Uh, and my expectations were a little bit different than they should have been. And I should have just went back to the basics. But I overlooked something. And like I said, nobody got hurt. But it was definitely a lesson learned. And I wrote myself up for a uh, for uh, like a counseling sheet. So I wrote up my own report on myself and then had my superior sign it because I want them to know and I want my guys that I lead to know that I'm not escaping accountability, that if I mess up, I'm going to own it and, and demonstrate it. And then I also sat down and briefed both ends on why I failed and where my mindset was and then set the new goal going forward so that uh, it doesn't happen again. And Woke up today, did a 5K in the morning, and moving on, and, you know, hey, we, we move forward, you know, so. Right. Such positive stuff to hear, Mike. Like, the only people who 
don't have breakdowns are the people who are bullshitting you that they don't have any breakdowns, right? And and they're they're coming down the pipe for all of us, and we've all we've all had them. I just I just really want to commend you for your honesty in resolving the comms breakdown in that uh, relationship one, but professionally, all, all the safety, all of the the, the the whole operation, anything that you do, anything that Raf and I do, which, you know, there is risk in all of it. The only thing that puts a foundation under any of it is that people put their hand up and are able to have the integrity to let others know and then learn the lessons. So all the standard operating procedures and standing instructions and checklists and everything, is all, they're all... You know, some of them are written in blood and a lot more of them are, are written in their misses that people have been able to take the, you know, get the shame and, and any negativity out of the way, get the lesson out for people. And then, I mean, there's a lot of learning to do. The famous accident triangle where you've got the the one accident at the top, you've got the 30 near misses and the, and the 300 minor incidents. And it's the tracking of those, you know, non-fatal or the ones where there wasn't, you know, by luck or whatever on that day, that the negative outcome didn't come about. But if you don't have the info and no one's talking about it, then you're doomed only to have the um, catastrophic failure. So, mate, massive integrity. I'll take my hat off. Well, <clears throat> I, I take my hat off to you guys because, you know, last week we did that episode on on the, like, the importance of your reputation. And we always hold each other accountable for that, whether we're talking about it on the show or not, but it's just daily practice, right? And when it happened and I was driving home, I listened to that episode over again and I was listening to the both of you talk about certain things. And literally I was like, man, okay, I need to, I need to absorb this, dissect it, learn the lessons from it. How can I communicate this back in a positive way, take ownership of it. And then I showed up the next morning, wrote up my own counseling and then walked over to my immediate leadership was like, Hey, I want you to sign this, you know? And, um, and then I sat down with my guys in the morning when we put out word and it's just like, Hey, I want everybody to know that this happened yesterday and this is why it happened. And it's my fault. And I take responsibility for it. This is how we could have, how we could have done better. And for the future, this is how we're going to do better. So we don't do it again. And then, um, you know, everybody knew that, you know, I signed myself up and I'm not doing that to, you know, whatever it's strictly to be like, Hey, I'm not, I, I don't get a pass because I'm a certain rank or I'm in a position, it's like, no, dude, my standard is even higher now. And I'm going to share that with you. You know what I mean? So it was just important. And, and I think it's important to share on here because we know we talk a lot. Maybe sometimes people hear us and they're like, Oh, these guys are on their soapbox and they don't, they got it all figured out. Like, Fuck no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like we still make mistakes all the time or whatever. It's just, you know, how do you go about them? which I think today's topic is kind of going to flow uh, right in with this conversation here. So anyways, Raph, if uh, you want to turn over, I know we're a little bit of a time crunch today, but if you want to go ahead and kind of introduce the topic, bro. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, and yeah, dude, hats off. Like Melon said, that's, that's pretty um, ballsy to, to do that and to, to really just, I guess, uh, I'll talk about it later, but I heard a phrase called hug the cactus, you know, like that, the ugly side inside you, like it's, um, it's pretty powerful, but I'll get back to that in a little bit. But anyways, man, that, that's pretty badass. Um, so the topic 
is on how to deal with a setback or significant loss of, and I don't necessarily just mean like a, like a loved one. I mean, like something significant that happens to you where it's going to, it's going to result in a negative, in a negative way. It's going to completely negatively affect your life and, and how you can deal with that. So kind of a backstory with me. And it's actually kind of a funny story only because of the way it turned out was, uh, so I was recently, I recently took vacation this month and my wife and I were planning on going to Nicaragua. Ended up not happening because of a, a, a bunch of stuff that's happening at home, like good things, not bad things. But um, because of scheduling conflicts and that sort of thing, we ended up, and we had tickets. I mean, everything was set up. We're going to go down there. We're going to surf for a couple of weeks and take little man and just, you know, just do something cool. You know, now that COVID and all the insanity is over, but that didn't work out. But I still had my vacation. So finally, we decided like, hey, you know what? I'll just go down to, to SoCal and visit my parents and have little man be around his Tito and his Nana, which he's always talking about. He, he loves them to death. So I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll just head down there. So, you know, great couple of weeks, great podcast episodes. I'm, I'm high as a kite. You know, everything's kind of like everything's just kind of in sync. And I like I'm feeling really, really good. So I land in California like on a Saturday night and uh, I mean, as soon as I landed there, I went and got like a one week pass at this place called Anytime Fitness. It's not far from my parents' house. So I'm working out pretty religiously and I'm feeling really good. I'm waking up like about five every morning, going to the gym, waking up and then being home before my little, my uh, son wakes up because uh, we're sleeping in the same room. And uh, Sunday, either Sunday night or Monday morning, I noticed that when I, I urinate, it kind of stings, like it literally hurts. And I'm, and I'm wondering, what the hell is that about? Did I just like, you know, touch a, a bit of soap at the, at the tip of my, uh, of my <laughs> member or like, yeah, I'd like, I'm trying to like, you know, cause we, we've all done it. We've all had the shampoo go down there and, it, and it's not comfortable. So I, I kind of just, I write it off, right? I'm like, all right, this is nothing. Again, uh, we do a bunch of stuff. We go, we go to the beach. We're doing like a day at the park. I mean, it's just like, I'm jam packed, you know, um, I jam packed the, the day for my son. And then as the week goes on, I start to notice other symptoms like now. Uh, so this is Monday. No, this is going on Tuesday. Now the, the painful urination has increased a little bit. And uh, I see what appears to be two black dots on the side of my, of my member. And I'm like, huh, did I just get bit by a spider? Like I'm, you know, I'm trying to like run down the, like what, what could possibly give me two dots on the side of my member. And uh, obviously I'm keeping it PG or else I'd be telling like the, the real story. But uh, <laughs> simultane simultaneously, I start to notice that when I sit down, it's kind of uncomfortable. Like almost like I'm sitting on like a, like an ingrown hair on my, you know, and I have hairy legs. So I get ingrown hairs all the time. Um, especially when I'm like running or, or lifting or especially squatting. I notice after a heavy, like, after high repetitions of squatting, I usually have like, you know, ingrowns around my thighs and my hamstrings, but this one's like on my, on my buttocks. So I'm like, huh, okay. I guess it's just the cost of being hairy. So another day goes by it's Wednesday now. And the two dots have basically like expanded and turned into one. So now it's basically like a black scab slash rash slash. I don't know what it is now by this time. Like I'm starting to lose my mind. Like I, now I'm, I'm trying to focus on, on being home and being with my parents because there was some stuff we were dealing with with my mom's health and also all the attention Soren wanted. 
Um, but my mind is locked in on whatever the hell is going on downstairs. And I can't for the life of me figure out why I've got this. And now backstory, I've never been outside of my marriage. I know my wife's never been outside of our marriage. So I'm like, okay, it's not an STD, but is it an STD? You mean like, it's, it's hard not to go down the rabbit hole. And that's exactly what I did. I went on Google countless times and it went from like, you know, monkeypox, herpes mixed in with like chlamydia to like cancer to like HPV. I mean, like the, just the laundry list. Right. And none of the symptoms that I could see kind of matched what I was, what I had, but it still, it just felt like it was something, you know, in that department and which scared me even more. Cause again, how do you explain to your wife that you have an STD, but you've never cheated on her? Or how do you like, I like, how do you, how do you unpack that shit? So I'm trying to keep my cool. Like I'm really, really trying to keep my cool. And by the way, no one knew anything about this at the time. And I'm, I'm just trying to like, you know, figure this shit out. Finally, uh, Friday. Yeah, it was Friday morning or no Thursday night. I did another inspection and things seemed to get, be getting worse. The, uh, the, the, the tent, the, uh, the ingrown hairs on my buttocks actually grew in number and it grew in size. So now I'm convinced I'm like, this has got to be an STD. Like, how is it not an STD? How is it not some sort of, cause I can't think of anything else and nothing. And again, nothing that I'm looking at on Google is even matching what I have, but it's kind of, there's some similarities and I still have that nasty, you know, sore rash thing, which again, that, that alone is like enough to like, Trust me when I tell you, like, you don't know what the hell is going on. Your world is upside down. But I'm, I'm trying to be cool. Like, I'm literally trying to be cool. I can't sit down on the couch and have conversations, but I'm like, I was doing it anyways, just to keep kind of an even keel. And then finally, Friday morning, I, I go to a, I can't, I was like, all right, I, whatever this is, I, I need to, I need to just own it. Whatever the hell it is, I need a diagnosis. I need to, if it's medicine I need to take, then I'll take the medicine, but something clearly my body is being attacked or it's got something. So I go to this outpatient clinic, uh, believe it or not, they really can't figure out what it is. And the, the doc basically gives me a couple options. Like, Hey, um, he, he was going to test me for like STDs, but I was leaving the very next day. He's like, Hey, I could test you, but it's going to take two to three days to come back with a panel. So it's up to you. You can either do it now. We'll give you the results in a couple of days or you can just go home, go see your primary care physician and then they could similarly do the same stuff and insurance covers it, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of what we left off at. But the thing that was alarming was that he was like, hey, I don't think it's an STD if you what you tell me is true. He's like, it could be like maybe some crazy form of herpes that like you've had dormant for your entire life. And then it just kind of came back or just kind of came out and surfaced. And I was like, well, even that's not good. Even that sounds fucking terrible, you know? And uh, like, if that was the best option, I'm like, ugh, I don't know what the worst, I don't want to know what the worst option is. So he, but I, re I do remember, he's like, hey, do you mind if I take a picture and send it? Like he had a, a fr uh, another doctor friend that basically, doctor friend that I guess like, didn't, he, was a derm he wasn't a dermatologist, <laughs> but apparently he had more knowledge about the skin stuff. So I was like, yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm like, dude, send it to your mom. Send it to, I don't really care. Just, <laughs> just, get, just get the panel of experts looking at this so we can like, so we can put some, some, uh, put this fire out, literally this, this fire. <laughs> and, uh, so he, he sends it, he's like, Hey, um, you know, I'll come back in a couple of minutes and we'll, we'll talk about, you know, whatever he, he thinks. So he comes back like 15 minutes later. He's like, yeah, he looking at the pictures, you know, uh, he, he doesn't really know. Um, uh, he said he does recommend that you see a dermatologist as soon as you can. So now like now in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
do I have cancer? Like, is this like how, is this how I go? Like cancer of the, of the crotch and the, and the anus? Like that's not, you know, like, anyways, it, needless to say, man, it's, it's full. It's all hands on deck. And my mind is spinning. And now I go back to, uh, cause I'm driving my dad's truck. I go back to the truck after that visit, <laughs> that fruitless visit. And I'm trying to like compartmentalize what's happening. Cause now I'm like, okay, I'm still a father. I still have things I need to roll. I still, there's still roles. And here's this massive fucking like, you know, thing on my shoulder. And I, it's really hard to concentrate. But I remember thinking to myself, I, I have to call my wife. I have to tell my wife um, that something is going on. So again, how do you unpack? How do you tell your wife? Hey, I think I might have an STD, but I've never cheated on you. Like, how does that go over? You know, and, and then having that difficult conversation, like, have you been in with anybody without being insulting? And it's, it, dude, it was luckily... Man, hats off to her. She was super cool about the whole thing. We actually made a couple of jokes, which really helped with the whole levity, you know, just making it a little bit more uh, easier to talk about. Um, but, you know, once we got off the phone and I, I was sitting in that parking lot, I remember thinking to myself, all right, I don't have control. I don't have control of anything that, you know, going forward. I, I really don't. Like I was kind of just at the hands of whatever the hell it was, even though at this time I only got more afraid, not like actually going to that, to that outpatient care was actually the worst thing I could have done. Cause now my brain was like all over the place. Cause best case scenario, I've got some rare case of herpes worst case scenario. Like I'm going to die of like penile cancer. You mean like it's, it's just, it wasn't a great visit. So, um, I go, I, I immediately make an appointment that Friday morning. So it was like the day after I landed. Uh, so it would have been a Monday to go visit my primary care. And, uh, it was a very, somber moment in the Espinosa household uh, uh, for a couple of, and not, not just because of my situation. There's some other stuff that was going on and it was, uh, but you know, but we managed. So Monday I go in there, I see my prime, well, my primary care wasn't there. It was, a, it was another doc, but um, she was phenomenal. And uh, so I, I give her the same, kind of the same story that I gave you guys. Obviously she's inspecting and she's looking and, and I, and I did take pictures as things were progressing. So I was like, Hey, if you want to see the progression, here's the picture. She's like, yeah. So, you know, all these people have just seen my junk, but I mean, you know, in the span of a week, I've probably showed my junk to like just random, you know, professionals, I guess. So, uh, long story longer, man. She, as soon as I dropped trow and I give her all my symptoms, like, you know, it was, and it was very, some uncomfortable positions, but she's inspecting close inspection tells me to do an about face. And as soon as I did that, she goes, you have shingles. And I was like, what? She's like, have you ever had chicken pox? I was like, yeah. She's like, you have textbook shingles. The interesting part was about my, yeah, this is also a medical lesson for everybody. So the interesting part is what I left out was all of my symptoms were just on the left side of my body, meaning it was just on the left side of my penis and it was just on the left side of my buttocks, which to me, there was no, like I had thought about that. I was like, that's kind of weird that it's just on the one side, but I just thought maybe that was just the side that got infected or whatever it was that had just infected me. And she's like, yeah, it, she's like that's kind of she's like you have textbook shingles she's like basically what happened is whatever when the when the virus attacked your body or you know when it was dormant it came back up and attacked your whatever root uh nerve root it happened to be on the left side so it's being expressed on the left side anyways you can only imagine the sense of sigh and relief that i got after i you know because i'm like oh i'm not a dirty son of a bitch you know it's not my my past coming to haunt me and it wasn't you know yeah, the women of ill repute that I was freak that, that I was frequenting, it was just like, oh, I've got shingles. And come to find out, and again, I'm not an ad 
well, I am an anti-vaxxer now that I know what I know, but um, I was vaccinated and apparently there's an uptick. After all this, I find out there's an uptick of people who had chickenpox as kids who were vaccinated are having similar episodes. Now, it's probably not in the same region as me. It's probably somewhere else, but there's an uptick. Like there's a significant uptick. Uh, but yeah, she 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 didn't even look surprised. She was like, yeah, you've got shingles. And I was like, oh, thank God. So, you know, anyways, gave me some medicine. Everything's great. Everything's all the plumbing is is uh, patched up and it's working and there's no le leaky faucets. I'd like to I'd like to let the world know. Jesus. Um, yeah, man. So anyway, but th but this topic isn't about my my body falling <laughs> apart. Um, this topic really. <laughs> Yeah, hold on. We got to unpack it a hold lot on, again, dude. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm, I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm pretty sure that this very public um, storytelling is all just about that trip you did to Tijuana the other week. And super complicated <laughs> cover, super complicated cover story. You're like, I'm going to have to get on an episode and really go into detail on this story to gross um, everyone out. Dude, I, I have I don't even know what to say. I know you, I know everybody can't see me, but I'm literally like sitting in my my chair at my desk here, and I'm like starting to feel tingles in different spots. You know, it's, it's just like when you see an injury and then you feel it, and you're like, oh shit, something's oh. wrong. Like, dude, I'm starting to question everything. The longer he goes on, yeah. Well, yeah. Put yourself. In I, was my also, shoes. I was also hearing, I was hearing men fathers men in a microcosm like how far will we let it go before we go to a doctor like is that she gonna fall off <laughs> land on the floor yeah. before we go and talk to someone about it? mr <laughs> oh my god mr espinosa we're, we're we're here to inform you of two things one you have shingles and two we're very sorry for the size of your member <laughs> <laughs> actually i will say <laughs> the first thing she did was she she took a breath she's like that's impressive and then she's like and you have shingles <laughs> just, just blow your ego up and then just completely deflate yeah, it yeah no oh um, but again i i really want to get back to like the whole moral of the story which was like this was a like i'm laughing about it now but trust me when i tell you that entire week the level of stress that i was feeling every day every time i woke up you know it's wishful thinking like maybe i'll look down and it's all going to be good but I, but i could feel that things were getting worse down there so every time of course I would look, I'm like, yep, I confirmed the way I feel. Um, but at some point, like I said, and there was really two moments, um, right before I walked into both clinics, it's like, you're, you're basically like going in there going, okay, I'm going to get whatever diagnosis I'm about to get. I mean, I can't put a finger on what the hell is going on. I mean, and, and mind you, in my mind, I'm thinking my marriage is going to fall apart because how do you convince your spouse that I haven't been with anybody? Um, if, if I was to get some sort of STD diagnosis, like genuinely, like I've never been with anybody and, uh, and, and, and just like you, you basically like my mind was quickly going into like visions of my life just falling apart. Um, and so I eventually, at some point I had to just kind of take the reins of it and just be like, you know what, this isn't like, it's not the end. It's not the end of me. Right. Like you have to just, like, there are things that you're going to be giving in this life and you have to just accept them. And there's really no way around it. Like there's, you can't make them better. You can't fucking put a, you know, put a bandaid on it. You're like, you, you just have to literally accept it. And there's some weird sense of peace that comes when you finally accept it as ugly as it is. And like I said, I, it was Robert Downey Jr. Who was giving the speech and he was talking about how Mel Gibson, when uh, he was at his lowest, Mel Gibson reached out to him and said, Hey, 
the secret to coming back or the secret to, to, to a fulfilled life is you have to hug the cactus. And what he meant was like, you have to hug the thing that's kind of destroying your life. That, that, that ugly caricature that, that you've created that monster. And like, once you've hugged it, it'll actually humble you because it's painful, right? Hugging cactus is painful. It'll humble you. And that humbleness is what's going to save you and, and give you salvation and redemption. So I remember like, I kind of, and I found this when the reason I found it so meaningful is because I, I kind of found this between my two visits. So again, it went from bad to like in my head worse because now it's like some crazy herpes simplex, whatever, or like cancer. It's like that was the spectrum, um, which none of those were good. Uh, but I remember thinking like, okay, I have to eventually just accept this and I have to kind of, I have to just cope with cope with it because clearly I had negative psychological um, thoughts and I, not that I was ever thinking of self-harm, but I remember thinking like, if this is a bad diagnosis, like maybe I'm just, you know, I'd be all right if I, if like I got hit by a car, you know, whatever, just, just to, just to not see the pain of my wife. Like I said, cause I remember thinking like, how, how do you tell your spouse? Yeah. I've never cheated on you, but here's this, this thing. Um, so and then how I, do you trust? Yeah. What I kind of, you know, holy shit, man, like, I need to get my mind in a different perspective because I just picture you with your pants down pointing, going, look at it. Just look at it. <laughs> this is a crazy image. Um, when, when you came up and you talked about this last night and you're like, Hey man, I kind of want to talk about finding peace after a loss or a significant event and how to kind of move forward. Number one for the public. I was not, I, I was not aware of the story. Neither was Mellon. And nobody was. You, yeah. Yeah. If anybody's still listening at this point, um, Wow. We're, we're, we're going to attempt to, to switch gears a little bit, but we're going to keep Raph's member in our mind, apparently, for this, for this topic. Uh, what I, you know, a couple things I wrote down, it was like, yeah, man, one, this is a really good topic because, you know, you talked about the anxiety and the fear of accepting whatever the hell that was. And it was a physical thing. But what about emotional things, mental things, those things that like you want to sweep under the rug and you don't want to tell anybody. And, you know, you think it's going to fix everything in the short term, but in the long term, when you look at it, God, are you going to suffer if you don't address it? And like Raf said, hug the cactus. Uh, that is applicable across the spectrum. Absolutely. And uh, man, maybe maybe jump in, uh, Melon, you know, we can talk about a couple I'm not, I'm not telling anybody about my member. I, I, I don't need to, but, uh, you know, what well, can, can I say something real quick, uh, just to wrap up my little story. And so obviously shingles it, it, and it's, there's an uptick, especially if you've been vaccinated and you had chicken pox, you're going to get it. But, uh, the, the end of all this is I live happily ever after and it's strong like bull lasts a long time. So don't worry about me. Don't worry about old Tio. Tio strong, strong like bull lasts a long time. So anyways, let's move on. I love you, Ref. Oh my God. <sighs> um, the, best, the best phrase in there, I just want to say there was three words. I wrote them down. Scabs on cock. Like <laughs> I could go really a long time without hearing those three words put together again. I'll just <laughs> first of reference. <laughs> but I didn't know that the start story. I knew that the topic was finding peace after a significant setback or loss. Interesting um, 
my one as well has got to do with embracing <clears throat> embracing the new normal choosing the the bad news that you've been given that you everything in you is rejecting and you're digging your heels in and you don't want to hear and the times when that's happened for me is when uh, my wife Cherry's waters broke at 22 weeks with our first child and the doctors pretty much told us that was that game over for the first child and then she went on to deliver our daughter at the first day of the 23rd week and Annie was just over a pound when she was born and it was just it was three months there wasn't any good news it was just all oh, she's going to die from this or she survived oh she's going to die from this and it was just like that for three months and the second time that <clears throat> I really had to deal with myself with bad news was when Cherry was diagnosed with cancer um you know feeling like we're going around the the boy again for the like what have we done wrong here to get a second helping of this really serious health issues <clears throat> and I will say that the earlier you can transition mentally into the place of this is normal now that there is a time that will come that whatever the health issue or whatever the bad news is, is just part of your life. And if you can get your energy and your mentality and your emotions and your spiritual focus moving forward into it, exactly the same sense. I've not ever heard the term hug the cactus. Mine was choosing the bad news and embracing the new normal. Like you, you had a certain life and then this, thing has occurred and it's a different life now. And in a year or two years, you're gonna to be totally comfortable with it. You're gonna you're gonna be living your best life in that new situation. It's a transition that's painful. And you know, coming home from the hospital with a vision impaired daughter, she's still like there's no change in that situation. She's vision impaired, which is a vision impaired 16 year old now. She's amazing. There's a lot of beauty and happiness and fulfillment and so on that I never knew were going to be there. And I can remember the moment they told me, the doctors told me, and he was going to be vision impaired, for example, that she was going to be legally blind. And that was massively distressing. And all of the suffering occurs in the resistance. So the not wanting to happen, the reality that's occurring is where the suffering occurs. And so if you can transition past that, you can get back to, into like, productive engagement with doctors, for example. You're not in a state of shock. You're not, you know, just wishing that this bad movie would end. You're in it. You're back into taking action and moving forward. But the first step, I like your one, Raf, hug the cactus. You also have said in the past, put the ugly bag on the table. For me, it was choosing the bad news, like as an active, I choose this, I choose this. And it's a difficult sentence to say. And then getting into the place where you're embracing the new normal is where you get back your, your power and your ability to make a difference in that reality. And I've done that twice with really serious bad news, really serious health news. So that my two bits. Melon, I, I thought that was a, a lot more uh, presentable way of talking about the topic. <laughs> but... Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I remember you talking about, you know, Annie and, and, and Cherry before when she had cancer and, and kind of, you know, where do we go from here? 
And I honestly, when I was taking notes on my my drive back from my run this morning, I, I did think about Annie and Cherry and kind of lessons that you've shared and talked about. And and same with you, Raph, you know, these almost three years that we've been doing this show, we've all been through hard times or in, and, and failures and moving on and, and different things. And um, how I broke this topic down is kind of the old me and how I how I did things versus now what I choose to do. Like Melon said, you choose it. And, um, you know, just just how I wrote it is finding peace after a loss. And that loss can be a person, an opportunity, a job, a position like you could you could put whatever you want in there. And I look at the old me and it was like, okay, if I lost or lost something or someone, what was the old me like? And the first word I wrote down was anger. I was angry that I lost. I was angry that I didn't meet the mark. And I wanted to be angry at other things or other people, but I knew deep down I was most angry with myself because I didn't measure up. And I was like, no, 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 this isn't fair. I deserve this or something, right? I was trying to force it because of my own belief. Uh, I then filled myself with self-doubt. Like you start looking back, where did I go wrong? And how did this happen? And this didn't just appear, you know, and you start beating the crap out of yourself. Uh, And then somewhere along the line, I think when a massive failure comes, you have that feeling in some way, shape or form that I'm not good enough. Like if I was good enough, this never would have happened. I could have prevented this, you know, something. And then you start having this thing, at least I did, is where I start comparing myself to others where, well, this person has this job. Well, this person has this position or this person's better looking than I am, or this person is more successful than I am. And and why am I a piece of shit, you know, and going there. And then when you're trying to like figure out like, is this ever going to end? Is the rest of my life going to be this shitty and and feel like this the rest of my life? You know, it's just that initial wall of failure that just punches you in the mouth. And then you start thinking. And some of the worst advice I've ever received, and I followed it, and I admit this. Hey, peace will come on its own. Just keep going. And I think that is completely wrong. And what Raph's talking about in in Raph's situation, if he would just be like, "Uh, I don't need to address it. I don't need to face it, whatever. It'll just fix itself and everything will turn out fine. Obviously, that wouldn't be the case. If Mellon was there and he's going, oh, yeah, my my daughter's vision impaired and, you know, Cherry has cancer or whatever. It'll all work itself out. I'll be fine and take no action, no responsibility, not accepting anything. Uh, No, there has to be action. There has to be an acceptance and ownership of it. And again, just on my drive after a run, you know, you always come off that runner's high or a good swim and you have clarity. And I really looked at myself as like, man, what, who am I now? I know what I was, but where am I at now? And honestly, if I lose at something, if I lost someone, uh, a, a situation, like I failed this week, you know, I, I, I own that. I, I failed this week. I lost. Um, the first thing I go to is gratefulness first. Absolutely. Gratefulness. I'm grateful that I even had that person or this opportunity in my life. Some people will never have it. Some people will never have them, the person just 
flat out, you know what? Hey, I lost it or I lost this person. I'm grateful I even had it, right? And that's kind of where I start. Uh, I also have the mentality now that I win or I learn. And there's no more loss because even in a loss, you can find the things to go. Find where I did win and where I got better. And from there, it's already like I went from zero to 6%. I gained 6% in my failure. So I still gained, I still, I still won. Um, I asked myself, can I, or do I even want to try this again? Can I try again? Yeah. Okay. Dude, you can try as many times as you want. There's no, there's no number on this, like no, some things, uh, or, Hey, do I even want to try this again? Was this even worth it? Is this where my heart's at? Is this what I want to do? You know, ask yourself that question. Um, and if the answer is no, you know, one thing I wrote down is, Hey, you know what, if I'm not able to do it anymore, well, I'm going to help another succeed at it, right? I want to help somebody else maybe get their goal. Maybe it wasn't for me, but maybe I can help somebody else achieve their goal that maybe they didn't think they could do, or that I could share that in their story and make it bigger than myself. It's not just about me, but you know, we talk about relationships and pushing each other. Uh, and then my last point I kind of wrote down is like, how do I find peace? I smile because I still can. Even in the worst thing, like Raf, Raf told this atrocious, disgusting story, but he's laughing at the end of it. And we're all laughing, right? Smile, man. Like even the worst things can bring laughter and humor. And I have endless stories about, you know, my life, military service, being in the community that I am. You know, I've been in a, I, I, I've been in situations where, you know, it's life and death. And I look over at my buddy and we just start laughing at each other. Like this fucking sucks, and, you know? And they're like, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? And it's like the worst situation possible, but man, you're still alive. You're still in the moment. You're in the opportunity. And it's like, this isn't going to last and we're going to move forward and we're going to find some really good things out of this. We're never going to forget this. Right. And this, this is a blessing. So that's how I formulated this topic, you know, like how to how to move forward in a good way and how to address things, take ownership. Uh, I like both of your stories, you know, and, and I, I didn't really think of one specifically, but I just kind of blanket it now across. And that's my values. That's my standard. That's my filter when I do meet failure now. And, and it's taken a long time to build, but I'm definitely glad I have it. I've got one as well that when when you're able to like the mentality that I, I really love is that I either win or I learn. And when you realize that there's going to be a sine curve, there's going to be days where you're up and there's days when you're down and the the older you are and the more experience you have, the more you see those that there are, it's like a seasonal, you know, you're going to have your, your summer days and your winter days in your life when your personal relationships and your communication professionally and that if you can play a long game and you, you're not like this immediate setback doesn't have to define you, you're playing a long game and it, it's never going to be 100 nil at half time and 200 nil at full time. That's just not what, that's not what life is like. You're going to have unfortunate mischance. You're going to, you're going to make an asshole of yourself from time to time as well. And so when you can have that mentality of these are, lifelong relationships I have and these are you know it's a lifetime journey that 
when these setbacks occur, if you can carry that mentality of the lifelong learner, where the winner or learn, you don't have to, it doesn't have to occur to you in the same way. Like, don't get me wrong, when the bad news comes, it's never, you, you know, you never want it. But, you know, life goes on and there are people out there who would trade everything they've got on their best day for what you have in your life on your worst day. And it's true. And there are people out there who are in those situations and they are still smiling and finding joy in the day. And, you know, maintaining a perspective and thinking this is a long game I'm playing. You don't have to get broken by the setback. You can choose to have a lifelong learner mentality like Mike just described. And, and that certainly, I mean, Churchill had the quote of success is going from failure to failure without any loss of uh, enthusiasm. Mm. You know, you've just got to get up one more time then you get knocked down, right? Were you going to jump and, in there, Ref? <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was going to add to all that, to all of our experiences, you know, um, it, it is okay to, because you are going to go through like a, a a plethora of like emotions and, and pro as you process this whole thing. Right. So like, for instance, in the beginning, I went through the denial phase, like the first couple of days I was like in denial phase, like there's no way this is happening to me. Like, no, this is not a big deal. Like this will go away when I wake up tomorrow. Clearly it wasn't going away. And, uh, and then it went to why me, it's, you know, it's like, why is this happening to me? Like, what the hell did I do? Why, why do I deserve this? Like, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Like I'm trying to be the best human I could possibly be. Why is this happening? Like, why is this coming to me now? Um, you know, and, and then there's like, eventually, like, and there's a couple other little things that I experienced, but then I think the, when I finally reached, uh, I forgot what you call it, but I, I've heard it as positive re, uh, reframing. So basically you take the bad news and you just kind of like learn to live with it. Um, I think that that's, when I, I knew that that was the end goal, but it was going to take me a while, a while to get there. And I'm just, what I'm just basically saying to you guys and the listeners is like, hey, it's okay to let yourself go through through the trenches, so to speak, and just kind of get all those other emotions out of the way, but, but have a goal. And my goal was eventually to get to a place where I would just accept it. Now, it, it took me, <laughs> it took me a while to get there, but the point is I did get there, right? I literally, I remember on my last visit with my primary care I remember just thinking to myself, hey, no matter what the result, like it is what it is, keep moving forward. You know, like your focus is still your son. It's still your wife, even if she divorces you. Like it's still to, to give them the life that you want to give them. It's still keeping your career forward. It's like I, I started looking at the things that I still had my responsibility for. And that kind of helped me just kind of accept whatever the hell was going to come through once I walked through that door. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this was before I walked inside that door. I was already like setting myself up for the worst possible scenario like just whatever the hell that i couldn't even put my finger on it but i was like whatever it is man it's not going to define you you can get through this and there's people that depend on you and, and and honestly that eventually brought me that kind of positive reframing it's like that that peace like it, it's the only way i can define it is i remember just feeling at ease like all right give me like give me whatever you've got i'm ready you know um I love and that direction right there, Raph. At the beginning of when Raph was sitting there saying, why me? Why did I deserve this? Why, why, why? That word has haunted everybody. That word lived in my mind for, I don't know how long. Why, 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 why? 
if you notice right in the second half of Raf's explanation, he started looking at the what. Replace the why with the what, because you may never get the why, right? The person may never tell you. You may never get a solid description about the, the, the medical exam, like whatever. It's what do I do right now with what I have? And what what could be, what am I going to do? That's going to start that path of finding a, a solution, finding peace, finding acceptance. Take out the why and start asking the what. What can I do now that this has happened? And that is such a good, powerful tool, man. I'm, I'm glad you said it that way. Uh, that's honestly what got me out of many situations these last couple of years is because shit like that, that Raph and Mellon has said to me is, is like, dude, like I always said, like Raph called me out when I was crying and bitching and all this stuff. And he's like, dude, what do you think's going to happen when you're sitting there going, why? You think God's going to call you on a cell phone and be like, hey, hey, Mike, like, you know why all those happen? Well, let me explain to you. It's just like, it's never going to happen. It, it's up to us to make the personal decisions and be like, what am I going to do now that this has happened? This is part of my story. This is part of my life. I get to choose how the next chapter is written with what with the cards I've been given right it's beautiful it's so yeah. simple it's beautiful and and one last thing to add to that um and it's just a reminder because it was a reminder to myself that we ultimately have the power to decide how much energy we give these issues right because in the beginning it fucking overwhelmed like it gradually got to the point where it was all i could think about like literally i remember specifically sitting in my parents house and soren wanting to play but i I didn't want to be like, I just couldn't respond to him the way I needed to, because I was so overwhelmed with the, the idea of like, you know, like of this whole health issue that I was this crisis that I was going through. Um, but I remember like, as I finally got control of my thoughts, I was able to like kind of put in perspective, like, you know what, this is just one factor of whatever the outcome is. This is one factor. And I'm going to decide that it's not going to run my life. Right. It, again, it didn't happen overnight. It was a process. I had to Think about it, meditate it, get go through all the emotions, go through, you know, your dirt bag to like, no, you can fight this to no, you are a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, you've got like some version of monkeypox no one's ever seen. Like it's, you know, you feel dirty, you feel whatever. The point is, I had to get all that stuff out of my system. And then I finally chose, mm -hmm. like, you know what? This is not gonna define the rest of my life. I'm gonna compartmentalize, I'm gonna put this where it needs to be, and I will deal with it when I need to deal with it. But I've got this life that I need to live. Right. Like I still have a purpose. I still I'm still a father. I'm still a, a husband. I'm still a friend. People are still going to depend on me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was it was it was a it was a really, really humbling experience. I'll just leave it at that. Like, it's funny. It's funny looking back. And that's why I wanted to share it. And even though it is kind of personal, but it was a massive learning experience for me because it was condensed in a week, like, you know, seven or eight days. And I. It, it was it was real like for for a while it like the, you know when i didn't have the outcome i was like shit you know this is this is pretty significant i i have one thing real quick and i'll turn over to melon i i want to share is how the question is how do i know god is real if you listen to the last i don't know how many episodes we've done over a hundred and some raf continuously pokes at me and says oh i know you're gay you have monkey pox and I would just sit there quiet at night and think of Raph and go, God, please just get him back, please. And now that I hear this story, I know God is 100% real and we're both laughing at you today. So thank God for what he gave you this week, you turd. No, he didn't give it to me. It, 
It wasn't him. It was Fauci. But that's another episode. <laughs> that fucking jabroni. Anyways. Oh my god. I was going to get canceled when you were talking. When you were talking in there, Raf, and you were talking about the state of, like you had a state of peace that descended upon you. I I can remember sitting with the uh, oncologist, the cancer specialist in South Australia with Cherry. And we were going in and we'd had the, that had the detection of the cancer. So there'd been a pain and they'd done a scan and they saw a mass. And then they took a tissue sample and we had to wait for that to get a type. Did a PT scan and they found that it was, whatever it was, was stage two. Now it's already above and below the diaphragm. And it was, we're waiting for this diagnosis of what is the cell type. So it had detection staging or waiting for this diagnosis. And I'd done quite a bit of research and it was the, the likely outcomes were mildest thing was going to be a type of tuberculosis and the, you know, the extreme right of arc was pretty horrendous cancers. And it was, I talked with Cherry and I was like, well, we're going to find out on Thursday. And we had like a pretty normal week from like the Tuesday to the Thursday when we had the appointment booked and we we're both pretty good. We have a discipline about dealing with this stuff of just, we're going to find out on that day and just open the drawer, put the stuff in the drawer, close it and know that you're going to come back to it. So we had some really nice like times with the kids, nice times with family. And then we went to the doctor and waiting to see him. And the stress is pretty high now you could imagine. And when he told us that it was a Hodgkin's lymphoma, I'd, I'd done enough reading to have a massive wave of relief wash over me. I knew that this was on the left side of what could have been dealt to us. It was far from the worst. It's a very common cancer. They've got a lot of real expertise in how to treat it. And he sort of saw me and he thought I was freaking out. And I was like, no, no, no. I know that that's really, really freaking great news. And a massive sense of peace of like just mass gratitude and thanks for, it's a strange thing to feel if you just thought like, hey, how would you feel someone told you that tomorrow? But it's, I think having a realistic sense of what the reality could be can give you that sense of gratitude when you look at it the right way and frame it the right way. And we had that several times along the process. You know, you've got to go in for a scan. You're going to find out the information on this day. And both of us really talking about it and being very intentional saying, you know, this could all go really bad. We could find out that, life is really going to go off a cliff and there's going to be a, a really massive negative bit of information could be coming in. This could be the last happy, carefree time we have. We're really going to be intentional and we're not going to fuck this part up by worrying about what's going to come next Thursday. And so having the intention and the commitment and doing it together of opening the drawer, putting the wire in it, closing it, and then really genuinely engaging with family and the kids. And there's a lot of peace you can get to if you can get into this embracing it and realizing that the, the beautiful moments you have are beautiful moments. 
and all of us have a finite number. Anyway, I just queued in there, Raph, when you're talking about, you know, the peace that really I had that a few times, just mass gratitude and, and peace that comes from a realistic awareness of what really could be coming down the pipe for any and all of us. And definitely transitioning like Mike was saying, getting away from why is this happening to me to what are the, what are the actions that I need to take given where I am now. So getting clarity around where you really are and where you want to go and then what actions you can get the back wheels from spinning, getting back into contact with the ground and getting some movement forward. Yeah. Melon, I'd like to add on to your part about, you know, what do I do now and going? Sometimes it's hard to find that what, right? You're so lost. You're in the hole. You're in that worry. You're stressed out. Your mind's going, you know, whatever. What helped me the most was I looked to other people who were in worse situations. And some of these people were put into my life and I didn't even search for them. You know, uh, personally, I prayed a lot, um, you know, a couple of years ago and I was in a bad spot. I was praying every day uh, for me to get out of that hole. And, you know, I got random people that reach out to me like Adam, you know, we talked a story about Adam and he was dealing with mental health and uh, suicidal thoughts. And I was like, man, well, I'm not that bad. He must be in a worse spot. You know what I mean? And then it started talking and, and figure out things. And I was getting the lessons in the perspectives that I needed from other people in worse situations because they were seeing life in a whole different view than I was, you know, I was, I was pinholing myself into a dark hole and I couldn't see or hear anything from outside of that. It was going and reaching out to other people or them reaching out to me and being open to that where I started learning more about life where I was versus where other people were. And it changed my perspective. It changed that filter that I talked about. It's like, man, what am I complaining about? This isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, it sucks. But man, some, you know, like Raph got his news, but somebody just woke up this morning and learned they had stage four brain cancer and they have three months to live. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that. Why, why should I be so negative? You know, man, I, I, I was given a better thing, you know, in that sense. And that's how I started learning that is by de sometimes depending on other people to help me realize what the hell I, I did have. And it helped me build that plan of what am I going to do now? Definitely part of that transition. Like you use the word perspective, and that is a really powerful word. And having that awareness of it could be worse than this. It's like a stoic way of viewing the world and, you know, some really powerful stuff in the stoic philosophy about that I've definitely used in my hard times that this could be worse. It could be no shit. It could be worse. Even when you get that bad news, it could be worse than that. And you can get, you can gain a perspective. Now Mike's talking about speaking with people who are in a worse position than you are. And nothing will bring it home like that. Much more powerful than just imagining. And when you can get in conversation and communication with people in a worse place, you will find that having your mind off yourself and in a 
you know, solution generation, idea generation for them will really help reduce your own sense of suffering and you'll start finding those pathways for action that Mike's just been uh, alluding to. That was really good, Mike. Thanks for throwing that in. Yeah, and I know, hey, listen, I know we're going to wrap up because we pretty much hit our window, um, but I was just going to add my last two cents with at least the whole the, the whole thing with me that I, that I learned was, you know, because Mike just hit it on the whole thing about perspective. And I realized that that's when everything kind of significantly changed for me. That's really when I started going towards like the road of redemption and finding peace. And I remember at one point, I just kind of made peace with the idea that like, I was going to just retire my peeper and I was never going to use it again. And as crazy as it sounds, um, <laughs> I accepted that. Like, it's crazy that, I, that, you know, at my age that I literally thought to myself, yeah, I mean, I've had a good run. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> hey, listen, this is this is the end for 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 that uh, department. And uh, surprisingly, I took it really well. It's not decommissioned. It's actually uh, back back on commission again. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the fact that I came to that realization, like, with a sense of peace, is just it's massive. And I, I know we like we're laughing, but I'm what I I know that we all can relate. Like, what I'm trying to get to is in the and. Stay with me, Mel, and don't be a two-year-old. Is <laughs> I think our biggest fear is change, but once you accept the change, you start you realize there's nothing to fear. Like literally, that's that that fear of the unknown, the fear of change. Like it's all going to be different. It's going to blah blah blah. Once you've accepted the change, though, the fear has no power. It like literally just fucking melts away. And that was it. Mm. Again, I'm, I'm I'm doing a funny analogy, but I'm but I'm being very honest about it. Like I remember thinking like. It's been a good run, you know, fuck, like you're, there's other, there's other parts of life other than just, you know, uh, you know, making love to my dying piece of a wife. I'm just saying like, there's other perspectives and other things that you, you want to do. So anyways, that, that was, uh, that's my last two cents. I know we have to wrap up. If you'd like to, you can leave uh, condolences to Raph's peeper in the comments for the episode. <laughs> I love that you called it a peeper, man. I know because of sword, and that's how you probably call it. But this is no, I got funny yeah, I got that from I got that from Aubrey because that was literally, <laughs> you know, right after we had the conversation, she shot, shot me a text like the next morning. She's like, "How's your peeper?" And I literally could not stop laughing for like ten minutes. I was like, <laughs> "It's hard to believe you're a medical professional." <laughs> oh man, I love it. Yeah, she she's a silly goose. Uh, well, I think it's and time to, uh, pardon the pun, we're all gonna wrap friggin', up. We're all going to freaking remember episode 37. Just the poor visuals that people are going to be carrying out this episode, man. No, no, no. But the focus should be strong like bull, last long time. Still going. Still going. Like Vince man. Vaughn from uh, old school. Still holding. <laughs> Still holding. <laughs> well. All right. Well, there's some there's some stuff in here that we've discussed. Finding peace after significant setback or loss, and all of us have had it, and all of us will have more of it. And if it's not you right now, it's someone you know, for sure, in your circle. And there are, you know, in this conversation, we've talked about things that have worked for us, like actual things. We're not talking about theoretical constructs things we've read we're like what has worked for us in these situations i'm sure you guys out there have had 
others maybe some better ones and if you could share them with us we'll push it out uh to the community but there was the concept of hug the cactus because the pain will bring humility and then there's going to be a breakthrough that was from Ralph. it was choosing the bad news and embracing the new normal from me there was mike with old him and new him transitioning from anger i'm not good enough comparing himself with others is this ever going to end to the new gratitude for having the situational person in your life ever that you either win or learn which is a great one can i or do i want to try again and how can i find peace again start with a smile raf had his comment around positive reframing having a goal of getting to the place of acceptance and i know that i certainly had that experience of having the moment of peace descend in the middle of what could objectively be the part of getting the really bad news because there'd been enough research done to really appreciate how far down the bad news could go. And then that gives you an idea of where you really are, that there's a transition to gratitude and you can get the actions necessary to move forward. And I feel like perspective is the step that gets you into that framework of gratitude and actions. Did either of you guys have any uh, last thoughts you wanted to drop out there on this really very, very powerful topic? Uh, I'm good, man. Just wish everybody no, just wish everybody a good week on my end. Yeah, I, I uh yeah, you've spoken enough, Raph. You've said enough. <laughs> I don't really have anything for the topic, but what I I just like to say is uh I am thinking about and praying for the people of the United States and the Midwest. If if people aren't tracking, there was a pretty pretty significant train accident where there was massive amounts of chemicals that were burning and it's affecting the entire north uh, or i'm sorry midwest with animals are dying at a massive rate and the water table is infected and this is going to be an ecological disaster uh labeled in the history books and uh it's not getting the attention that i think it needs and you know i i can't really do anything from here but if you're not aware of the situation like put down the the posts about you know irrelevant crap and see what you can do to help or donate or uh make awareness of what's going on because uh it, it's it's absolutely sickening and terrible to to see the stories coming out of this place so i don't know i just i just wanted to speak on that and it's just sickening to, to look at this week well that's something i know i need to look into because I've, I've not heard of it before now but Thanks very much for all, for all of your attention, sticking with us. Um, tough topics sometimes. Uh, best shared with a bit of humor. So I appreciate, Raf, you taking the time to share that with us. Because, you know, I don't know. Did you get personal then? I can't remember. No, no. But I, I if you want to end it, I could just show you guys my peeper so you guys know that it's <laughs> it's got a full bill of health. I'm just... Well, okay. Quick, okay, the offer's always ahead. on the table. The offer, I, I, oh I believe God. the young kids call that a D-pick. But I won't. You could. Anyways, offer's always on the table. Put, put the ugly peeper on the table. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Take care. <laughs>